Hello and welcome to episode 188 of NCP. My name is David, and with me are the NCP crew, Richard. Hello! Luke! Yeah, I'm here. In spirit, anyway. Well, you've got coffee, so you'll you'll perk up as you go. Mm. <laughs> Trust me, when we, get to, when we get to what we're talking about, then you'll see some fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Remember, I did change it so you are allowed to swear, so if you feel the need. I know no, you're, no, 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 not, no, you're not, not much of a swearer, no, but no, it's just in case. See, that's the, you, 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 missed, you missed the point. I don't need to swear. Okay, no. all right. Okay, that's Was that right. a pun, perk up? Yeah, perk. <laughs> what? Coffee, no. perk up. No, it wasn't. Hey, Crystal. <laughs> Hello. I'm not that smart. <laughs> it, was just, it was just my normal language. No, I'm Batman. <laughs> hey? Yes. That's great. So I'm more convinced by that than... <laughs> uh, for this episode, we'll be group reviewing Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Practically forced <laughs> Richo and uh, Luke to see this film. They didn't want to see it, but... I got the impression that Luke, Luke so. really liked it. <laughs> Are you getting that impression? <laughs> Well, yeah, then, it's, uh, it's hard to tell. You don't know how to read Luke after all these years, I'm afraid. And we'll also be listing our top five directors, which I'm going to tell you, I found very hard to do. So oh, yes. we'll talk yeah. about that when we get there. Uh, Only uh, five? I was like, this is too hard. I had top 25 at one point. It yeah. was really... I had to flip a coin at one point. I stopped <laughs> when I got to five, so I wouldn't make it any harder on myself. Yes, he was smart. That's, 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 that's that is smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's uh, get the let's show on the road. Let's get the, uh, the angst happening. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, we'll start off with our group review. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Maybe it's the Gotham City in me. We just have a bad history with freaks dressed like clowns. I just want to just sort of preamble this review uh, with, a, with a little statement, a little PSA. <laughs> Sometimes I think we're 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 actually a little too critical uh, on this show. I'll be honest in saying I think sometimes we take a little bit of the the high road and uh, we're a little bit too critical of, of films that you know really just sort of feel good entertainment. I don't have that feeling for this film. <laughs> I, I I know that uh, Richo and and Luke and myself and uh, possibly also Crystal are going to slam this film, and it deserves it. <laughs> I just want to start off from there. Yes, sometimes we're a little critical, but for this film, we have good reason. Um, I also do want to point out that uh, we will start off as spoiler-free as possible, and then I'm going to do like a little uh, Hans Zimmer boom sound, <laughs> the Inception button, as it's called, and uh, and then we'll start talking spoiler stuff. Okay, cool. Is that cool? So, yep. so you, you will definitely know when the spoilers will start, but for the start, spoiler-free. So do not be concerned. Now, with that being said, uh, Luke is raring at the bit <laughs> to go. Well, chomping at the bit. Oh, my God. I stuffed up that. Mm. Raring to go, chomping at the bit. couple of things on, on that, you know, that actually quite nice preamble that you've just given us there. One, I don't feel good unless I'm being overtly critical. <laughs> um, <laughs> and two, whilst I respect the, uh, the spoiler-free zone... Is there much in this film to spoil? <laughs> we don't already know from the huge amounts of leaks in inverted commas. Um, well, there's there's at least two. There's things. A, there's two things maybe, but yeah. there's really not much more. Yeah, no, but a, a lot of a lot of people will avoid yeah. leaks and things, mm. so they're trying to keep it as spoiler free for themselves as possible. So. But but even that, and I, I, I'm sorry, I'm being actually being critical. But this is actually getting back to um, commenting on the film. Oh, me, there's, it, there's it, actually not. Oh, it, it, I'm going to preempt my, my the, the seven bangs saying there's actually not a lot here to spoil <laughs> just in general it's already spoiled by existing 
Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so do you, want to, do you want to start us off? Okay, so um, it should just be noted that in a film called Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, there is not really much in the way of Batman vs. Superman, and justice doesn't really dawn. <laughs> <laughs> so the first error actually occurs with the title. Yeah. And it's a complete schmozzle from the title onwards, from literally the first frame. Yeah. Um, and I've got to be very careful here, because I, I will go specific in certain areas. Right. But let's take the start, which is an attempt to retell yet again. <laughs> yet again. <laughs> the um, Batman origin story. Yeah. Now, I accept that there are people around the world who might not know who Batman is. And, and you might not know who, or you might not know, you know, why he is Batman. Okay, right. Um, and so I accept that, you know, there are people who aren't going to be familiar with the origin story. I, however... What, those five people? But I, ho- <laughs> I however, take you back to 1989, yeah. where no one in the modern world at that point, uh, outside of comics, knew who Batman was and would have known his origin story. doesn't start off with, um, you know, his parents being gunned down in an alleyway. That's actually something get- that gets revealed later in the film. Right. So you actually walk into it, know- you know, not knowing what Batman's origin story is, but you know, still are able to go with the flow of what's going on. Yeah. Yes, I know I'm comparing Tim Burton to Zack Snyder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, look, no, I wasn't actually going to say that. Um, I, I just did want to point out that that montage at the start that you're talking about was one of, I believe, six montages that I counted in this <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that's one of my It was, it was montage mania. But oh, look, I'll, I'll talk about Zack Snyder and directing after it's, it's Lucas It's nothing compared to the crapness of the working out montage. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> one of the worst montages I've ever seen. Just to be... Devil's Advocate or Superman's Advocate. If you've seen the film, you'll know why I said that. <laughs> um, uh, on, on the upside, uh, we didn't get half, half the film being the Batman origin story. We only got that little bit. Yeah. And I think it may have been also included so you can compare the names of the two mothers. Well, don't forget that, of course, the same montage then actually does get repeated later, later on, on in the, the film. film. I did makes- like the Pearl stuff. Yeah, it, it, that, that looked quite pretty, it, and, that's, and that's my point. It looked pretty, yeah, um, but it's it, it's like the start of Zack Snyder's other film, Sucker Punch. Hmm. You know that those small snippets of of a thing that are meant to look cool, I meant to tell the audience, yeah. give the audience some backstory. Yeah, it's very good music video. Yeah, so, and that's yeah. and that's the real problem here. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm going to jump in because I know you're ready to tee off on like the depiction of Batman and mm. Superman in this film, but this seems like a good point to talk about Zack Snyder because Crystal makes a perfect point. The guy does not know how to direct movies that don't look like music videos. Hence, six montages. (laughs) That ridiculous, drained-out colour look that that the whole film has. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And and this will get into, I think, what what you're trying to say. Oh, it's also, once again, like Sucker Punch. It's really loud and obnoxious, this movie. Yeah. You know, it's like it's so in your face, but it's, it's that whole, you know trying to make everything look stylish, but with literally no substance. In fact, probably even less substance in this film, maybe, than there was in Sucker Punch, and that's saying something. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, and everything in this film is just filmed on such a superficial level. Hmm. Okay, so let's take this to the two main characters. Hmm. Now, in many ways, the depiction of Superman is commendable in that they are remaining consistent with the depiction of the character in Man of Steel. However, the depiction of the character in Man of Steel was not very um, good or Supermanish to begin with. Mm. And my problem with Superman in this film, and, we, to, and I should actually make some discla- a disclaimer here, Batman and Superman are my two favourite superheroes. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm either going to have one of two reactions. It's either going to be, oh my God, this is going to be great because, you know, it's got Batman and Superman in the same film. Or it's going to how be, can it go wrong? How can it go wrong? <laughs> or it's going to be, oh my goodness, they botched that so badly. It went wrong. It went wrong. <laughs> um, and yeah, as you can tell, I'm leaning towards the latter. Right. The, whole, the, the big problem with Superman for me in this is that there is a question around the morality of what Superman is doing and whether Superman is in fact the hero that he claims to be. Hmm. Which I've got no problem. They, they, they ask that, those are questions quite often in the comics and they actually reference you know, one of the, one of the stories from the 70s, which hmm. is, you know, why must there be a Superman? Yeah. They actually ask that question. I mean, uh, he's only been in operation for two years. He's only been the op- guy's going to make mistakes. Yeah, and that, yeah. Got, that, that's not hmm. my issue. Yeah. My issue is that the way that he is depicted is not as... The, um, the man trying to do his best and trying to inspire. Henry Cavill has this constant grimace on yeah. his face. And even when we see him do Superman stuff, like, you know, basic Superman stuff, like saving people from a fire, we're not seeing him be Superman in those moments. We're just sort of seeing a dude who's kind of powerful, saving a, a child from a burning building. Failing to put the fire out, it should be pointed. Why does he not put the fire out? That was the exact point that I, I turned to Luke and said, that's great, but building's still burning. But then, My favourite was the look on his face when he saves the the spaceship thing, mm. when he lands, and it looks awesome, mm. but then, then it sort of zooms in on his face. He's got this look on his face where he's just like, it's yeah. like, oh my god, I have to save another thing. Like, yeah, what what am I it's doing? It's kind of like, I've just saved some lives, yeah. using, using the powers that, you know, I've been granted by the Yellow Sun and the the moral teachings that Jonathan has bestowed upon me to actually make sure that people are alive at the end of the day. Um, you know, where's the, where's, the, where's the sort of the satisfaction in that, I guess? Mm. And also, the const- Superman whines quite a lot and has, you know, big emotive moments between him and Lois, uh, him and Perry, I think, at one point. Um, and you see, they're going, this doesn't feel like what Superman's about. Mm. It's, this is like you said though he's only been in operation for two years <clears throat> and he's a lot younger than the Superman that we were used to from the mm. previous movies so he's still figuring out who he is but I'd like to see something to contrast that with as well taking some form of joy in what he's doing and seeing some value in what he's doing as well and some actual inspiration as a hero mm-hmm. like I know they tell us oh, he's inspiring as a hero yeah he is really really is and they don't really show us much except for that mm. weird fire scene where mm. everyone's basically worshipping him mm. in Mexico. Mm. But th- there's not a lot of, you know, the actual inspiring hero to Superman at all. Mm. And, and it's, Man of Steel has the same problem. I mean, he's mm. too busy snapping necks in that to... I just, want, I just want one scene where, just like in, you know, the 1978 version, where he's, just, where he's flying and smiling. Mm. Just mm. smile yeah. once. Enjoying, it'll be okay. Enjoying the use of the powers. <laughs> the other time, the other time he smiles is when he's Clark Kent. He climbs into the bathtub with uh, Lois. Like I said, that nineteen seventy eight Superman has is older than this current Superman. No, no, they're actually the same age. Yeah, no, no, it no, took no. him longer to get to this t- Fortress of Solitude than it did in this. In the Man of took Steel. him longer to get to Fortress of Solitude, which yeah, means but... he's been around for longer than. This current Superman. Yeah, but in the 78 version, he goes to the Fortress of Solitude when he's, uh, you know, 20 years old, roughly, and then spends the next 10, 12 years in the Fortress of Solitude. Learning. Learning stuff. Yeah, this Superman doesn't do that. Well, this Superman well, doesn't true. do much of anything, yeah. so... But like I said, I see where you're coming from in that So Christopher regard. Reeve's Superman's more comfortable mm. than himself. And that's... 
but that's I, a good and, point as well. And yeah, I take that point, but I also, like I said, I would like to see something to contrast that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and you don't get that contrast with Superman. It's all just um, sort of grim. One one expression. In, well, what he's, grim, in what he's doing, Grim pretty much sums up this entire film. Mm. Mm. It's, it's, everybody's grim. It's 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 basically there's Batman and then there's Super Batman, and then there's Wonder Batman, and then there's you know then I'm sure when the new when they get to the rest of the stuff we'll have the Justice League of Batman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so are you about to move up from Superman? Yes. So just before you do, at least he looks awesome. Yeah, he's he's got a very Superman look about him. I think he does. Yeah, he does. And that, no, I'd, I'd actually like to see him with a good script, yeah. mm. like yeah. an actual Superman, like playing actually playing Superman. Yeah. I think mm. I actually think he'd do okay. Mm. Um, he looks magnificent. Yeah, and I'm just saying in, in terms of as, like, like the man scene where he, where he takes off his shirt and it's like it's man crush. Isn't holy it? crap! It's a man crush. <laughs> I actually said that out loud. I was like, God damn! <laughs> <laughs> if this was not. Um, if this was not Superman and the problem wasn't be- because uh, um, uh, this is not the Superman that you know and love, if it was a different character, how would you feel? I'd well, probably it, still feel the same. My, my problem was if it was a different character, it would still feel like a really superficial character. Like, it's mm. really quite... And I, I found this with all the characters in the film. They're really all quite one or two dimensional. There's not really real great depth, and they think that they've created depth for them. And I'll, I'll talk about the script a little bit later, if that's okay. But they think they've created depth for them, but they haven't. They've mm. created catchphrases, mm. and um, so in, in that instance, I would be like, if it wasn't Superman, I would be looking at it saying, "Well, you've got an interesting idea for a character here, but you haven't really fleshed it out." Mm. And that's yeah, a problem. That's, that that's I a have. fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that. that. Yeah, that's what I was getting back to. I'd still feel the same because the character development, the character arc, which I'll talk more about in the spoiler-free zone. In the spoiler zone? In the spoiler zone. This is the spoiler-free zone. Sorry, in the spoiler zone. (laughs) Okay. Um, I just felt it was important to clarify that originally to come across as we're fanboys and we're just bashing it because it's not the characters that we grew up with and know and love. Even if we take off off the rose-tinted glasses... It's it, uh, Richo's point still makes makes sense. Yeah. So even even as even if it wasn't Superman, it would still not be a good character. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to the other so-called star of the film, which is um, the Dark Knight himself. Yeah. Now you've got to be very careful here because I am a massive Batman fan. Um, mm. He is my favourite, so I've got I've got to be careful of the roast in the glasses I wear with him as well. And in this this depiction of Batman is you know twenty years um, twenty years older, and he's actually been around. Um, well before um, the Man of Steel, but I can't help but feel that this guy's a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, he does a little bit of. We see him do a little bit of detective work at the start, um, where he's wandering around trying to find a suitable Wi-Fi connection to get the information he's got to get from Lex's computers. And you they go, okay, so we're seeing Detective Batman a little bit, which is fine. But then the mistakes that he makes are actually quite basic ones. Yeah, ones that you wouldn't think that. Um, someone with his experience, um, particularly if he's got someone like Alfred, who's actually quite, he's quite capable in this film, and Jeremy Irons does a great job with him. Yeah. Um, uh, making the the really basic mistakes and is played far too easily by um, our main villain. Mm. Um, you see it coming a mile off, and you sit there going, "Yes, I know you're. I know it's old grizzled Batman, and he's tired, and he kind of doesn't want this life anymore. But surely he would know." Um, to, first of all, he would know, A, if he's annoyed at the presence of Superman to begin with, um, maybe to sort of come up with a contingency plan in between the 18 months 
where the film opens with, and the moment where um, the 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 actual story here starts mm. to come up with you know uh, some vague ideas about how he might actually have to manage the presence of Kryptonians and Superman to begin Superman himself if he views them as a threat, um, but then yet yeah, to be played so basically by the villains, um, I think is I think it's pretty bad. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's actually I think the opposite of what uh, what was Crystal was saying about uh, Superman. I mean, I, I take Crystal's point actually quite well about Superman. Yeah, he is young and makes sense. Here you've got a 20-year veteran Batman mm. who has spent 20 years, you assume, mm. fighting people like the Joker. Surely he's going to be able to see when he's being played. Mm. Yeah, you're especially absolutely right. by Especially by this version of Lex Luthor. Well, yeah. the, once again... Who is not subtle in any way. This version of Lex Luthor, once again, it's just... A, a poor man's Joker. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I didn't. Guess we made the same point. I like I like Ben Affleck as Batman, but I did yeah. not like Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Mm. Mainly because I, I think I just don't like Jesse Eisenberg. He always seems to play the sarcastic, obnoxious genius. Yeah. Thank and you. Everything. <laughs> it, um, and, and he just came across as Lex Luthor, as if Lex Luthor was the Joker. Yeah, yeah. There's a quote from a review that I read. This is a fucking brilliant review. review it's great. As, um, Actually, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember who wrote the review, but I'll, I'll put it in the show notes so I give him proper props. But this is this is his quote for, for, for Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg preens and over-enunciates like a crazy person. His method of conveying brilliant insanity is to make it make as though he just ingested touring rock band quantities of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, that's, that's not a direct quote, I paraphrased, but that's I just yeah. thought that was brilliant. <laughs> um, just one thing. To, to get back to the picture of Batman, also, if you're going to be, make him an older, grizzled Batman, then he shouldn't be doing uber-cool stuff in the Batmobile and, it, and, you know, being able to beat up quite so many... Why not? Why not? Um, I actually thought the fight scene was very well done. He, fight... he gets he actually gets shot in the back of the head. Yeah, if he didn't I, have the technology, he'd be I, dead. Yeah, but he I gets guess, stabbed. I guess I would have liked um, a little bit more of, I guess, some of the failings as well. Um, oh, I disagree. Taking my, the first, my first disagreement. Actually, the, if, if if anything, the the bat taking out the the bad guy's fight scene, I thought was actually one of the best scenes in the film because he's he he makes mistakes, he does some cool stuff, but it shows it just how they they actually mentioned earlier on the film how he's gotten slower, mm. and it's clear that he has he has gotten slower. Mm. The Batman that we know from the the, the Dark Knight movies, mm. like those trash. He would have just wiped the floor of every single one of them without any any problems. But this guy actually manages to get wounded, like a little little bit, a little bit to the then to I the guess, right. He would have been dead. Then I guess I would have liked to have seen a little uh, instead of it being glossed over, um, a little bit more in those moments. I guess. I don't know. I kind more of like having. Ha- I don't know. Maybe like the way he says, "I'm too old for this shit." No, 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 not <laughs> that. I guess maybe more in terms of actually closing up on in those fight scenes. Because my problem with those fight scenes is that they can be a little too distant in. Oh, they're, they're, they're the classic Zydus Snyder yeah. fight scenes for sure. I mean, yes. I mean, With a nice bit of there's, there's, you know, three million slow motion shots thrown in for good. Yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> no, actually, you know, you know, yeah. getting back to classic. Yeah, I suppose what I'm talking about there in this instance is possibly the filmmaking not conveying it sufficiently enough. Oh, I, 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 I liked that, that we're allowed to have a superhero that's got a bit of grey at the temples and he is a bit older and it, mm. he's not. They're not all young, twenty-five. Years no, that's that's my that's not my problem at all. I'm yeah, quite like I, I, I see. I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I do disagree with what you're yeah. saying, but I do see what you're saying. Mm. I mean, at least it wasn't. Mm. At least it wasn't the trade fight in Batman Begins. I mean, no. At least you could actually see what the hell is going on. Mm. But yeah, but also yeah. maybe not. 
Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much what I've got. I just oh, the, okay. the, the yeah. depiction of the depiction of Batman. So until we get to the spoiler section, yeah, until we get to the spoiler section, the depiction of Batman and Superman oh. is just it really. I guess that was a spoiler. Is that he just got stopped. does he get stabbed in the trailer? That fight is uh, in the trailer, though. Oh, right? that yeah. doesn't doesn't. Oh. It's, it's not. It's not. The, the great thing is he, get, he gets okay. stabbed, and then uh, there's really no uh, like no, nothing after that. It's like he's just back to normal again <laughs> later on for the other fights. So <laughs> the, it's, it's not really yeah, much of a deal. I mean, that happens to all the time, really. I mean, there's some scenes yeah. in, in Dead... We haven't seen it yet, but Daredevil Season 2, there's some scenes with the Punisher where you're just like, how is this dude still standing? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just not possible, but yet he still is. So, you know, whatever. Magic of movies. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about the writing here. Right. Um, Remember Spoiler Free, writing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, and it, it comes off a lot of the problems that Luke has been hmm. talking about here, and that the writing here, much like the way the film is directed, the writing is so superficial. Yeah. And they, they think that they they think that they've got these great character they, moments they, 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 with these, they, they, these poignant moments yeah, and these dramatic gravitas. moments and all this gravitas. <laughs> but all they're doing is having the characters sprout the worst possible kind of catchphrases in the most obvious way and saying the absolute most obvious things for the scene. Yeah. And they're just give us some dramatic movie and move on. And I'm sitting there like laughing at how bad some of these lines so are. I. And it's not, it's not the actors. I actually no. think, I actually think and much, much with man of steel, I would love to see this cast with a good script. Yeah. You know, there, there minus some, Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. Minus Jesse Eisenberg. Absolutely. But it's terrible, but I actually think, I actually think Ben Affleck could do a really good job as Batman. Yeah. Given a good script, yeah. and I, and I hope when he does his Batman film that he'll get a good script because well, he's co-writing, so hopefully he will. Fingers crossed. You so know. won't get stupid lines like "Is she with you?" I thought she was with you. Oh my oh, god! Gosh. That and the I audience know, laughed. Get... The audience laughed at that joke, right? And I laughed as well, but in a complete opposite yeah. reason. And I was like, I can that say man would not say that. I can say that because it's in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the lines that I'll quote, like you know, the red capes are coming. It's in the trailer too. Yeah. God, that is an awful line. Yeah, oh, that entire scene is just mm. pathetic. Well, th- 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 that's the problem, though. There are a, a lot of their character interaction scenes are just awful. Mm. Yeah, like the 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 all of the relationship stuff with um, Superman and Lois. It's just so badly written that I just cannot buy into the relationship at all. Yeah, and um, yeah, one thing I do give them credit for: the only really competent uh, person in this entire movie is Lois Lane. Yeah. Right, she is she is morally uncompromising, which is fantastic. She is actually out there investigating stuff. Like she's the one that's actually doing stuff, in this <laughs> and that's awesome. Killed. Sorry, she's getting people killed. Well, she is getting people killed. Hey, wait, how did she get people killed? They were going to get killed anyway. They were, they were going to get killed. Well, if yeah. she hadn't have gone to that place with the CIA men, but she, but she didn't get them to killed. go to that she, place. She didn't. Uh, she didn't set it up so that those people would get killed, at least. Yeah. And anyway, Batman. Oh, I wouldn't be shocked if she picked up the gun and took them all out. Of <laughs> that's hell. right. No, okay, well, that's okay. the thing. She, she's she's really really. She's actually. I think she's better in that regard in this than she was in Man of Steel. Mm. Because here she is pretty much, she's doing everything. Well, at least she's not walking through the Arctic. Well, they're, no, no, well they're busy, well, 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 they're busy, you know, like, um, you know, having hissy fits at one another and, uh, you know, punch-ons for no reason and having massive sooks by themselves. She's the one that's actually doing stuff. She still needs to be rescued quite a number of times, but I guess that's yeah. Lois Lane's role, isn't it? Sure. But at least, at least she's doing stuff. You yeah. know, um, she does more in this than Superman. And Well, to be fair, she, the, the theme where she gets rescued at the start is 
is set up that way. Yeah. I mean, it's designed that way. Yeah. And this, and the 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 other one, which I assume you're talking about, it's also designed that way. It's also designed that yeah. way. Yeah. Like, so, but that's. I mean, it's not like. That's all, I'm not saying. I was just saying yeah. that's. Well, it's not, it's not like like forties forties Superman comics or whatever, where she where she was just doing silly stuff. Help me, Superman! Help me! Yeah, this this whole screenplay, other than the actual dialogue itself, it's awful. But what, what, what was your favourite line? My favourite line? Fa- yeah, favorite, your favourite bad line. Oh, they were just... Well, what. okay, the I'm with you, I'm with you, she, she with you sort of thing. That that was awful. Because it's it comes at the... Like, this whole film has been deadly serious. And then they just, like, throw in this line right in the middle of this massive <laughs> end of the world kind of fight it's like well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why but, um, just it has no context because yeah. when when uh, the senator character says I was raised on a farm I know how to wrestle a pig mm-hmm. and so what does that mean the, <laughs> what is it okay. what are you referencing Lois says, that you got to wrestle Superman <laughs> Lois, I don't get it yeah Lois Lo- 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 says you know I don't think I can love you and as, as you or whatever whatever she says in the bathtub <laughs> what about, what about no, that, that was yeah, pretty with awful. balls like this you, you deserve to be <laughs> there are just there are so many what people. is going on here and, and, and when whiny emo Superman uh, after after things have gone wrong for him we, we won't spoil that but after things are going wrong for him and he goes to see Lois again yeah. he's like oh I'm so whiny <laughs> no one loves me anymore <laughs> the world thinks I'm horrible it's just like shut up <laughs> you're Superman but, but also on a, on a sort of on, on a larger scale than just bad dialogue this screenplay and this movie is so badly paced oh yeah the pace it's is like shocking. crazy at the start yeah. then an hour of Boring. Nothing. <laughs> literally nothing happening. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, then I suppose we're going to do some stuff. Then some more boring. And it's like, oh, God, we forgot the story. Let's cram it all into the end. Dark Knight did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in between that... But you, there is a common denominator here. David Goya. Yeah, David Goya. David Goya is, is the yeah. writer of these films. And, you know, he's, clearly they just can't get the pacing right. Yeah, like, and in, 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 in between of this hour of boring and nothing happens, you've got this ridiculous amount of... Uh, you know, visions slash dreams flash. Yeah, what set up. Yeah, it's not even clear exactly what it is. Like one of them is you assume it's a dream, but it actually looks like a, a, a prophecy for the you know, precog of the future. And then yeah. then you've got um, that particular character's appearance, and then yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's which all about spoiler zone. It's it's, it's complete setup. It's, it's all like, well. This entire film is set up. Oh, there's no sure. actual story here. It's just a setup for Justice League. Mm. Surely the, the editing has to take some blame as well as the writing yeah. for the pacing. Totally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and and the directing. Like yeah. absolutely, that's all of these things coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're just put together in a really really bad way. Yeah. Um, like and and it's sad because we had kids in the theater. Yeah. And they were bored out of their minds. Yeah. <laughs> Watching a film in which Batman is meant to be taken on Superman. Like, yeah. Well, they don't even meet until 40 minutes in. Yeah. Like, 40 minutes in, they don't yeah. even meet. And I, and I refer you back to you know, my, my first comment, which is, this is called Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Okay, so this was a boxing match. Before this, you would have, you know, Batman versus Superman, you'd have uh, the Elongated Man versus Plastic Man, and, you know, things <laughs> like that, you know, so to keep people entertained, yeah? Yeah. So, don't give us... Over an because this is a two hour, oh, this is a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, don't give us an hour and a half of people standing around, tub thumping, pump thumping their chests. Going, yeah. we're going to take you, we're going to take you, we're going to take you, and take you on. Um, and then give us the title fight right at the end. Mm. You know, and give us give us some stuff going on 
before that mm. as well. I think, okay. yeah. Did, and I think on, on the lines of that as well, I think part of the problem here is that they've somehow managed to, they're trying to cram so much into this story that I think, I think they overdo that for starters. I think they're mm. trying to put too much into it. And um, uh, the appearance of Wonder Woman, for example, I, uh, she's only in the film for set up the next film. And I had actually had no problem with her, with Gal Gal Gadot? Yeah, Gal Gadot, yeah. Yeah, had no problem with her as Wonder Woman. Yes, fine. Um, there is a smirk scene where Wonder Woman smirks that has tells me more about her personality yep. than the writing of all of the other characters in the film other than Lois Lane, um, which, which I think speaks to the lack of quality of the, of, of the actual story here. Yeah. Um, but it's like they're trying to cram so much into this Whilst at the same time, somehow also making it really boring and superficial. Like, I, I don't know how they managed to achieve both boring and throwing too much in at the same time. Normally... Yeah. How can a film called Batman vs. Superman be boring? Yeah. I mean, it's... And it's and, but and then here, again, it's, it like, it's like they're trying to cram everything, everything into that final act. Yeah. That... Had they actually spaced all of this stuff out a lot better, mm. you oh, could have actually had a really compelling story. Cut out 40 minutes of, of the rubbish... Yeah, and you would have had cut out an hour and a half and just make it an episode of television. Cut out Jesse Eisenberg. Really <laughs> <laughs> an hour and a half, I think, is a little, is a little too harsh. <laughs> one of your biggest complaints yesterday, I'm surprised you haven't brought up yet. Was, was it was it a spoiler complaint? Because no. I'm about to jump into spoiler. Okay, yeah. is it not spoiler? Okay, go. The slow motion. Oh yeah, yeah. See, that's what I was about to get. Oh yeah, yeah. So, directing. I mean, this I mean, is. I mean, Zack Snyder. His obsession with slow mo is is right up there with J.J. Abrams' obsession with the lens flare. Mm. The amount of slow mo in this film. Mm. Is offensive. <laughs> it's offensive. It's you, harsh, if, you get, offensive. if you if you change all the slow mo shots into actually you know proper length, the film would go for you know well, like, the, like an hour less. It, it'd you know take I mean? out that hour yeah. and a half that the film yeah. should be in there. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it, one of the th- the actual one of the slow mo shots that annoyed me the most. It is is Zack Snyder's attempt to be better than he is. Is where the towards the end and they're firing that cannon. Oh yes! <laughs> All of that stuff is is okay, but then, it, well, you know, it's over the top. But anyway, but anyway, and then in slow mo, a, a, a cannon case shell hits yeah. the ground, and it's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Why is this scene even in the film? Right? Yeah. Why, it's, it's a pointless scene. It's, I mean, who cares? Mm. The cannon ejects empty shells. It means nothing. Mm. But then it's like, is he trying to indicate that it's you know that that their heart their hearts are empty just like the shell and <laughs> and it's like, it's like what is actually going on like actually, for a good for a good five minutes after that shot I actually I couldn't get past that shot I'm like I'm missing I'm missing five minutes of this film although who cares yeah. because. I just can't fathom what this shot was all about. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there's actually a lot of that. It's not just the slow-mo, although, yeah. I mean, I still remember the bowl of potatoes from Sucker Punch falling <laughs> off the table in slow-mo. But um, he also does a lot of these weird close-up shots of nothing. Like, there's a yeah. shot, close-up shot of Batman's foot at one point, yeah. for no reason. There's a shot of a dripping tap. Yeah. <laughs> this dripping tap, I was like... Why? Why? Why are you showing us a dripping? My, 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 my favorite is when Soups walks into the courthouse and he uh, use he has to he puts his hand on the on the little oh, gaity thing to yeah. walk in. It's like what? What is the point of when, that shot? When, when he focused on it, I'm thinking, is Superman going to accidentally <laughs> break it up exactly or something? Because right. he's like, angry or the something. The only reason to have that shot would be because he's accidentally broken it, and, it's, yeah. and everybody's like, "Oh, he's too powerful." Even when he's trying not to be powerful, and it's like, but then he just walks through like a normal person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the point. Yeah, was, oh. but um, I think he's. 
trying to be all European. Like the the yeah. shot of the tap yes. is the thing that makes me think that because it gives him some validity. And you know, you're foc- in, in this yeah. big superhero movie, you're focusing also on small things as well. Well, that's why. Yeah, that's why I thought the shell thing was. Like, um, he's trying to he's trying to be some sort of French, yeah. French director, as I like. yeah. Um, and I think that's but he botches it completely, not understanding mm-hmm. that the Europeans were actually doing something a little different to what he's doing. Um, <laughs> well, then, first of all, the Europeans actually had meanings for their shots, not right, just random. Do you want to hit the uh, spoiler zone? Yep. Before we get too fired up, I think we'll, we'll swap over into uh, spoiler zone here. Spoiler and... mode engaged. She with you? I thought she was with you. So you have been warned. We are now officially in spoiler spoiler zone, and uh, I want to start off with going back to what Richard was saying with the uh, the, 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 the plot. Yes, the the awful the, awful bit, the bit of the plot that just that just makes no fucking sense to me at all is right at the start. <laughs> you've got the the scene where Luther's the Luther's orchestrated to frame Superman, hmm. where he where Lois gets captured. Jimmy Olsen. Introduced for no reason, dead. <laughs> no, no, no. Jimmy Olsen Jimmy appears Olsen. later on. Yeah, that's Jamie. not Jimmy Olsen. That guy's that guy's name is Jimmy. That is not. But Jimmy that's Olsen. not Jimmy Olsen. There's a Jimmy Olsen later on. Jamie Olsen is. Jamie Olsen is the guy. Is the cameraman. No, Jamie Olsen start. is the woman at the. Daily no, 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 no. That's where I need to correct you. The <laughs> woman at the Daily Planet. Yep. Was in Man of Steel. Yep. And was meant to be the Olsen character gender swapped. Yep. But then in this film, Zack Snyder, being an asshole said, okay, well, everybody complained that Jimmy Olsen was turned into a woman, so I'm now going to put Jimmy Olsen into the film, and he does, but then kills him off within seconds. So but then that, who's the other photographer later on that's with um, Clark? That's not, but his name's not Olsen. I didn't I even I didn't, remember I, the character at the start. I, uh, well, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been revealed in an interview that the, that the cameraman at the start that gets killed with Lois well, that's is pathetic. Jimmy Olsen. That's, that, that's a nice I pathetic thing for uh, yeah. Snyder. It's basically he's thumbing the nose at the audience. I don't remember them referring to him as Jimmy it's on his name Olsen. Badge. Is it? Yeah. I wasn't paying that much attention. I was already starting to... his press pass I was already disliking the film. Well, I already knew about it before I saw it, that's why I noticed it. Yeah, now, fair enough. Yeah, Yeah, that's actually... Okay, then it gets back to filmmaking. That's actually pretty bad. Yeah, anyway, that's not my point, anyway. My point is, is so during that scene, where, you know, is you're meant to frame Superman, the, the government... Believes is is you know is leaning towards that this is actually you know Superman is got has gone rogue and that he's you know killed all these people, but all these people are killed with bullets. bullets. So I was expecting I why I, the hell would Superman use bullets? And and there's some sort. I mean, like Lois investigates, finds out that the LexCorp developed bullets and everything, and I'm like, oh right, so they're going to reveal that there's some weird property about these bullets that makes it like I don't know, maybe burn through somebody, so it looks like heat vision instead of bullets. Bingo. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. That's exactly what nothing I thought. Don't think the point was that they, they were supposed to think Superman used the bullets. That he was supposed to have caused the melee that caused everyone using the bullets. Well, no, they they do mm. actually make they, the point they, that they, they think he killed that everybody. He's killed them. Yeah. So I don't know. Although, yeah. I actually do like what you just said. Yeah, there. I don't think they mean like I think they mean in a meta- more of a metaphorical sense than he actually killed everybody with the bullets. I don't think they think he got no, but they do actually in the in the Senate in the Senate hearing part of it, mm. they do say Superman killed everybody. Like they they genuinely believe. Yeah, I mean, your blame, point your point is good. Yeah, your your point is great. I they wish blame, that wasn't the blame film. him for them dying, but I don't think they think he actually used the guns to do it. Actually, this, I wish this that goes, wasn't this the goes film. back to exactly <laughs> what I was saying. Then actually, I actually do. I actually now agree with you. I agree mm. with that's what you're saying. Mm. They should have made that a lot clearer. Mm. 
in the plot. Yeah. I didn't see it any other way. But okay. oh, well then no, no, because because they state so implicitly that he killed everybody. Yeah, that's why. Then yeah, yeah I had that exact yeah. thought. It was like, what's so yeah. what's so magical about these bullets? Like, like I said, I, I wish I wish your point was in the film because your point is actually makes their argument that the the you know the anti Superman argument thing much stronger yeah. than the actual film did. So all, they had, all they had to do was to I say get the, Crystal the senator, to write it. Yeah, the senator, <laughs> senator characters. The whole, yeah, that's Holly Hunter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it could have just, just said that very exact line. It's like, yeah. we're not saying he killed these people, but we're saying yeah. he's responsible for, for yeah. the yeah. people being yeah. I agree with you about the bullet dart. I mean, if Lex Luthor is meant to be a, an evil genius, why would he use such a, a traceable bullet back then? Mm. Why not yeah. just use generic yeah. bullets? Just yeah. use generic bullets! That's right. What was so special about these bullets? Mm. What was the point? Yeah. Just use normal bullets. Had a more clever way to trace it back. To sold it anywhere. It wasn't. It wasn't. There's a lot in this script that's actually not very clear. So that well, that's see, that's the thing. It's like it's like what it, this. I mean, this this bugged me throughout the entire two and a half hours. Mm. Is if you're just going to shoot people, right? One, it proves that Superman didn't kill them. Yes. So, yeah. Two, why use special bullets at all unless they have some sort of properties? Which is why we're going to the I actually thought the same thing, Richard. You was like. Is there something about them that they've got like mm. they've got Kryptonian DNA on them or something? Yeah, you know, something, yeah. anything. Well, yeah, my, my thought was basic. Yeah. You shoot him with the bullet; the bullet goes through the person. Yeah, it burns through. It burns through, and so therefore looks like he's exactly. Different. But yeah. then going back to what Crystal just said, well, then if it doesn't do that, and we've now proven that it doesn't, it's mm. just a, just it's just because it's a new metal or something. Mm. Then just use normal bullets. <laughs> it's just, yeah. God damn. Anyway. I was thinking mm. that the bullets uh, could, before we knew it traced back to Lex, I was thinking maybe it traced back to some other alien threat. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. a good point. Yeah. Um, connected to the Suicide Squad in some way. I was like, maybe they were Deadshot's favourite bullets or something. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Um, M- maybe they should focus on making this film an actual film <laughs> rather than trying to tie it in that way. Anything. The other, the other, the other thing that, uh, I mean, I've already mentioned how bad the slow-mo was, but um, the, other, the other thing that I loved was... Uh, Actually, really loved as stupid as it was, I loved it because one of his major criticisms from when I see it was the end sequence where you know they actually say they say it's like a thousand people, but it's it's clearly about a hundred thousand people <laughs> die in the end sequence, and uh, so to, to upset that during the news report where it's, where they say that weird stuff's happening at the crash site, they very clearly say, but that's okay, it's okay because at this time of night, this entire area is deserted. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> in a major city, no area is deserted. Mostly, they did say mostly deserted. Mostly deserted, yeah. So are there a few deserted. more people so there's there's only the people. homeless people that are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's after 5pm, so this area is now deserted. Come on! All the important people have gone. <laughs> the bit where they say that the wharf is deserted. Okay, I'm yeah. willing to accept that. But this is in the middle of the city. <laughs> that is just absolute bullshit. Where major and stuff is happening, and, <laughs> and so therefore no onlookers would be going right. out there with their mobile phones filming Come it. Come on! Anyway, and uh, the other thing was, yeah, the dream sequences in the... Is the amount of, of of you know red herrings and mm. and 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 are they dream sequences or are they pre what, What's the deal? Okay. So you get you get the scene where we've dark side dark sides invaded. Yeah. Right? So apocalypse is invaded. Right. Yeah. That's actually a pretty cool scene. But well, I'm assuming what the I'm hell assuming, are we saying here that 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 uh, Batman is now a precog? What's the deal? I'm assuming. Well, my assumption wasn't based on that one. Was based on the next scene, the one where you actually see the Flash. Where you see the Flash. Yeah. Crisis on Infinite Earths thing. Yeah. With my, the, in the boom tube. Yeah. My, my <laughs> assumption then was um, was that 
Much like the whole tachyon theory, you know, you can send messages back right. through time, so but, but it's a into the subconscious. In yeah, okay. That, that's how yeah. I was interpreting it after we see the Flash. Right. Before that, I'm like, well, it's pre-cog Batman, because <laughs> apparently Batman can't do enough by kicking everybody's <laughs> ass in this anyway. Um, so so I, that, that was my assumption, and I'm assuming that they're trying to get to some sort of, um, you know, Son of Darkseid story. Yeah. You know, the, the old Superman Son of Darkseid story that John Byrne did. Oh, I actually think they're doing the Earth 2 story where Superman, the Earth 2 Superman supposedly gets killed by the forces of Apocalypse and then yeah. becomes a force of Apocalypse. Ah. Well, the, 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 the burn story, the burn yeah. story was where, yeah, where they, they get well, the Superman and convince him that he's, that he's dark side son. He's actually yeah. dark side son, yeah. Um, but honestly, I just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I actually thought you'd be pretty comes, excited because it's the apocalypse stuff. Look, the parademons looked cool. Yeah, they actually did look and, cool. And, yeah, it's always nice to see a boom tube, but I just didn't... My, my problem was I didn't care about the characters. Yeah. And because I didn't care about the characters and I didn't care about the story, I didn't care about the setup for other stories that are going to come in movies later on because this movie was annoying me enough. Yeah. What, that, about the, what about the uh, the Mother Box creating Cyborg? Look, once again... Um, and, and, you know... The and yet Miles Dyson creating another cyborg. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> and the appearance of, um, you know, the appearance of Aquaman. I mean, yeah. Jason Momoa looks awesome. He does look awesome. But I just, I really just don't give a shit. <laughs> Who cares? This entire Justice League setup thing, from Man of Steel onwards, I just, I'm just not going to bother. Yeah. You know, the only thing that interested me, the only thing that interested me, I must admit, the bit that I did like was when... Bruce gets into Lex's files and he finds the photograph of Wonder Woman from 1918. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's kind of intriguing. If that's going to be part of the Wonder Woman movie... Yeah, it is, yeah. It's the, the actual character actors there are the people from the movie. Yeah, cool, cool. Chris Pine was there. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. paying that much attention, plus it's Chris Pine, so who cares? Um, <laughs> but But that at least got me interested in Wonder Woman as a character. Yeah, but then it's offset by the stupidity of she breaks into a place to get a photograph, a digital photograph yeah. that had been copied a billion times around the world. <laughs> Just finding that oh, look, one digital me file means nothing. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, this film is still awful. <laughs> so but that, dumb, that, that, that That at least, at least that, that yeah, photograph made me go, wow, there's actually something more to this character. That and the smirk. Yeah. Now, I liked the smirk. I know some people have complained about it, but Wonder Woman is facing off against Doomsday. Wonder Woman is a warrior raised on an right. island of warriors. She finally has a combatant that she can actually unleash against yeah. that is worthy of her skills, and she smirks, and I'm like, great. That's, I know now a lot about this character from that one facial expression. Yeah. I actually, um, I actually really enjoyed Wonder Woman's portrayal. I, I, I thought she was awesome, and she—I mean, she takes. I mean, no, takes no, Doomsday no, no, absolutely no reason for it to be in the film. No, no reason, but still, just, awesome. just to set up. She was awesome, thing. and that's why she was cool. There was a few. Um, just getting back to your technology point, a few times where I just laughed at the ridiculousness of the technology, especially with the um, the what's his name, Wally. Sending back the checks to Bruce Wayne. Why is he even getting checks? Why is it not just direct debit into yeah. a bank account? <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things. It's the little, it things. The little things. Yeah. And how did nobody I'm notice sorry. these messages written? <laughs> even Batman. Even Bruce. Even Bruce says, "Like, how's why, why, no, why is nobody even noticed?" Like, the papers oh, sorry, aren't even so. folded. They just clearly they've just printed them out. Like, yeah. Come so on. Why, yeah. Why hasn't legal actually gone? We might have a problem. We might have a problem here with this. With the first check, yeah, with the very first check is clearly a threat against Bruce Wayne himself. Yeah, and it's like, 
oh, we might have an issue here. Mm. No, we're just going to ignore it. But what's a man with Nelly's going to do against the Bats? Well, they don't know he's Batman. Well, what's a man with Nelly's going to do <laughs> against Bruce, Bruce Wayne? Wayne. <laughs> Sniper rifle? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, drive his, um, his wheelchair into the Senate and blow it up? Well, that's why anyway, Lex gives it to him. I just had two specific um, sort of gripes. One is the, the very first one where Batman meets Superman um, mid-chase on the Gotham Harbour. Yeah. Which was, okay, so Superman's shown up and he's interrupted Batman doing his job, but why doesn't, if he's trying to show Batman, trying to show the right way to do this, why doesn't he go after the criminals himself yeah. and let them get away? Um, because we've established that, you know, his his superhearing is, you know, that damn good. I'm going to get back to his superhearing in a um, So, but yeah, it gets back to, you know, not not putting out the fire when he's yeah, saving the Yeah, not kid. putting out the fire. Doesn't it, chase the criminals that Batman's chasing no, after. Batman, Batman's like having a joyride. Yeah. And there is wanton <laughs> property damage going on. Not just so. property damage, deaths. Deaths as well. Batman intentionally kills people. Mm, yeah. And, and I did holy have, shit. And I did have a prob- I had a major problem with that. Yeah. Um, you know, so why doesn't Superman go? Well, I'll get the I'll get the bad guys. I'm going to put them in jail for you. Yeah. Um, and then you and I are going to have a few words, buddy. Right. Um, because this is not the older noble Superman that we know. No, yeah. but he but he is, is the one the who chump. aspires to be. Total yeah. And he and he says he has had a problem with the way that Batman has actually been handling things. Yeah. So um, if he was an older Superman, he might have handled it exactly the way you said. If he was Superman. He mm. might have handled it the way that you said as well. Yeah. Maybe he's not just... Superman yet. Maybe he's still super 25-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, he's never going to be Superman. <laughs> two, two movies in and so they still can't so get that's Superman. See, that's the thing. I actually agree with what you're saying. He is still just an angsty teenage Superman, mm. even though he's not meant to be. But that's the problem, though. So he's, by this point, two years on, he keeps saying, I want to aspire to be better. And yet he doesn't. It's like, we're not saying he, we're not saying we want him to be perfect. He, it's okay for him to make mistakes. Mm. I, I understand your point. Yeah, I'm being, but, like I'm saying, I'm yeah. devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. That's why I'm not responding. Making, I know what, you're making some really good points. That's the thing. You're making had, bad points of the, the film. Yeah, exactly. Had, had all, you're making so many great points here, and I wish the film had these points. Mm. Um, he could have co-written the film. Mm. Would have been a better thing. Um, um, but they, like, that, was, that was one that I had. I just, and, got, to, I just got to grab on the Batman killing stuff, yeah. right? There's the scene where he's going through the, the joy ride, <laughs> the golf where he chases the theory, right? He causes one car to crash. Now, at that point, okay, they might still be alive, mm. technically, right? This is movie magic. Mm. Yep. But then he harpoons it, <laughs> like toe cables mm. it, to drag it along to then use it as a weapon, right? Mm. Again, mm. they could have climbed out. Yep. It's all good. But then the very next scene is him mowing down a car that then explodes. Mm. So you now you know for a fact that three people in that car, dead. Well, you see that later on when he's rescuing um, uh, Martha, Martha. Yep. where he flies in and just guns down those those cars with, with the guns on them. Yeah, blows up the guys in it. And but I mean, I mean, look, um, you never actually see him one on one with the person. Um, like, all the people he beats up when he rescues Martha, he beats them up. Yeah, but there's but he's still the, 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 the car. He's in the car. Yeah. he controls. But the that's car. it. That's he implied. Car, that's implied. But you never actually see him killing an actual person. Oh, not, like, not, not as uh, in up close and personal, exactly. but he does use the bat plane yeah. to fire machine gun fire at a truck with people in it that blows up straight away. Yeah, immediately um, blows up. But having said that, there's a level of detachment there. Right, okay. Yeah. So, having, except, for the dream, except for the dream, the dream slash pre-cog season where he breaks that dude's neck. 
Having said that, in um, Tim Burton's... And shoots people. Yeah. Having said that, in Tim Burton's Batman Returns, he actually does get dynamite, stick it on a guy, <laughs> push him down the thing, true. and he explodes. That is now, true. Technically, sure, that guy might have ran away, but let's make sense. <laughs> look, I like no, did die. you apparently see Batman, him die? Exactly. <laughs> if you didn't see him die. Apparently, Batman in movies... A, kills, and B, causes massive amounts of wanton property. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't offend me, but I, I was just like, yeah, mm. yeah, it's a bit not right. And my other big problem is the fight scene at the end. Um, really? Doomsday. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think it looks boring. Really? In terms of, not maybe not in terms of the choreography of the fight, but just in terms of the look. you got all that fire around, and I kind of think this just looks dull. From a personal perspective, right? Um, I kind of wanted to, you know, I kind of wanted someone to introduce Zack Snyder to a color palette so we can, you know. Oh, maybe, I see what yeah. you mean. The color palette, right. you know, because it, it, it's just all orange and it it just looks dull, right? Um, just like as in, like I said, I'm just responding to the look of the fight, gotcha. not necessarily the choreography, because the choreography is not too bad. He's obsessed with ash. He is obsessed yeah. with ash. <laughs> um, ash everywhere. So the look of it was dull. You don't mean the fight was dull? No. The look well, what was the fight dull? Um, it was badly directed. I don't. I wouldn't say it was it, dull. But it was. Yeah. But it was what I would. You know, it's that. It's that type of fight. You know, I, yeah. I kind of expect that. Not just in the Zack Snyder superhero no, films. It but is in, what it is. In in other things, we've seen it before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just the look I actually of, thought it was pretty awesome. The you know the just the general look of yeah. yeah. But I, I, I do. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Saying. Um. And also, um. And again, it does get back to a Batman thing. Um. Batman sort of being a bit removed. From the fight now, he's not going to take on Doomsday. Completely understand that, and he's not—he's <laughs> not the Tower of Babel Batman, where he's got five hundred plans going on at the same yeah, time. Yeah. They do actually show him taking cover. Taking yeah, cover—that's like like pretty smart. Having, and it, providing a decoy. At but times. Given, yeah. But given that this is all about, you know, given that he's gone back to got, he's lured Doomsday back to Gotham. To get the um the spear. Oh, we mentioned we mentioned that. Why he's does, like he why, intentionally lose him back mm. into the city that he's so upset about being destroyed? It's why like, oh my god! Does he not then yeah, go and get back, the spear? Go and yeah, get, go and get the spear. Yeah, because he's actually in that fight. He's just doing nothing. Yeah, if he's not doing anything, he might as well go get the spear. Yeah. That's right. Why does Why does Lois has to do it? Yeah. 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 But even Wonder Woman says that. Why did you bring it back to the city? Mm. So, yeah. Oh, because this area is deserted. It's like, come on! Well, I mean, he, to be fair, <laughs> it was deserted earlier when he fought Superman, mm. which is the fight that I want to get to. Right. The actual title fight of this film. The title Batman fight. Batman versus Superman. Right. right. First of all, and it, this is, annoys me in the comics as well, right? every time they do something like this, Superman is completely like chumped out to Batman. <laughs> like every single time, right. every single time it's like, yeah, Superman's hopeless. Batman's going to, going to, you know, basically wipe the floor with him, which is okay in Dark Knight Returns. Right. But the thing that people seem to miss from Dark Knight Returns is that Batman actually loses that fight. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's got him on the ropes and everything. And then he has the heart attack and, you know, um, but it's like I wouldn't every, say he loses. Well, no, he 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 achieves the goal that he wants to achieve. Yeah, he, he wants to know. prove a point. But here, yeah. it's like first of all, they've spent the entire movie going, "Oh, Batman is so much cooler than Superman." Anyway, like they've, <laughs> chumped, so they've chumped, they've chumped Superman out throughout this entire movie <laughs> yeah. as it is, and then they finally get to this fight between them. And I, you know, I make the point that that Luke was making earlier. Batman hasn't realised that he's actually being manipulated by Lex Luthor at this <laughs> point, which is bad enough as it is. The fight itself, I found really boring. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, you know, it's it's like it's it's not even a fight. It's just a, a it's just to get to a point at the end there. Does where... have a couple of clever bits though. I mean, using the dust, the yeah. mist, but okay, but once again, down. 
All the clever points come from Batman. Yeah. Superman does nothing smart in the in 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 the fight at all. But we've already established he that he's a two he's he's only been in operation two years and he is an idiot. Well, this is my problem. Yeah. Superman is a complete idiot. Yeah. So is Batman. He's a total <laughs> Superman's a total chump. Yeah. And it's like even if he's been operating for two years, he's been doing a lot in those two years. Surely he's learnt a few things. He surely he's learnt from his fight with Zod and <laughs> you know, and whatever else he's been doing for the last two years. But it's still like they just can't help themselves. It's like Bat- Batman's always just got to be the coolest guy there. Batman's got to be the one that does nothing wrong. Batman's the one that's <laughs> always got to win. And this, I think, comes to the biggest problem. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier when I referred to, you know, Super Bat and Wonder Bat. And the only character that Warner Brothers seem to be able to do right in this in, in, in the DC superhero universe is Batman. Yeah. It's like they can't work out that... Superman isn't Batman and that you can cr- could create a really good genuine contrast between the two thus elevating you know um the actual confrontation between them you yeah. know but instead it's like they're trying so hard to make Superman all dark and gritty as well that they're completely this is losing essentially the Batman point. versus Batman yeah exactly right yeah. it's Batman versus Batman with superpowers yeah. and it's like surely and this you know as we were saying earlier Jesse Eisenberg they can't write Lex Luthor so they just create the Joker, the Joker light. Oh, yeah, what, was, what was the line you said about Jesse, uh, the Lex Luthor version? That was, Mar- it was, it was it's basically uh, crazy Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. yeah what, what, if, what if, what if uh, Lex Luthor was Mark... What if Mark Zuckerberg was Lex Luthor? Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Instead of, instead of going for the, you know, the intelligent, cunning, you know, scientist-stroke-businessman, they've gone for the crazy guy yeah it's like they, they just cannot there is, write there anything. is evidence to suggest that he's got he's being driven crazy by the fact that he knows dark side is coming but but still it's not it's still not portrayed very well it's just terrible acting yeah you want to say that um yeah my, my biggest problem with their fight that fight is it even had had to happen because yeah. at this point superman's found out lex luther's plans and i just kept thinking when he met when he got when he finally met batman he should have just said Lex Luthor's manipulating you. He's got my mother. Let's yeah. go and save my mother. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I had that exact same absolutely thought. Absolutely right. Batman, you know, just, just cause, yeah, to, you know, Batman throws a couple of weapons at him. He shrugs him off. No, we've got to stop this. Um, yeah. Like, like I said, yeah, I completely but agree with that. they needed, because the film is called Batman vs. Superman, <laughs> they needed to have this fight. And, and mm-hmm. the whole thing just seemed like this is, this is where they have the... Uh, oh, let's throw in as much cool bits as possible and wouldn't it be cool if Batman did this to Superman and wouldn't it be cool if Superman did that to Batman and I just... Just, yeah, but just with, tell him what the problem is. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with much more emphasis on Batman doing cool stuff than Superman doing cool stuff as well. Yeah. But no, your, your point is 100% right. Instead of... There's, there's a moment where he's trying to tell him and Batman's getting all upset because Batman's also stupid. Mm. Um, and then Superman like knocks him away and it's like... Why knock him away? You're trying to tell him what's going on. <laughs> Just tell him. Like, he's not doing any real harm to you at this point. Yeah. Tell him what's going on. You're absolutely right. Once again, Crystal, you, <laughs> you should have written this. You should have written this. David said that like, this is a comic book trope. The superheroes often have to fight each other before they become friends. Well, mm. how, how, what, mm. what, what makes these people heroes in if they have to have a fight first? It's the, it's the it's classic comics uh, misunderstanding most, fight. Now, yeah. most of the time, though, it is done a lot better than a this. A lot better than this. <laughs> like it is a genuine misunderstanding that leads to those sort of fights. Whereas here, it's like 
as you say, so Superman knows what's would have gone on. there in there and talked to the. He would yeah. have talked him to death. He well, I've only got I've only got one more one more point to make, and then if we can we can finish up is uh, I, that that yes, yeah, so I go go right back to the superhero bit. Yep. The scene on the on the helicopter platform where where I, where looks Luther is telling him the whole plan. Mm. It's like I've got your mother and stuff. Mm. Soups at that point should have just. Ignored what Luther was saying. As soon as yeah. he knew what the deal was, ignore everything Luther was saying. Basically, take him out of the conversation and then activate super hearing. Yep. Okay. Where's my mother's heartbeat? Which Absolutely. you would know perfectly. Mm. I mean, and she, can... she's not. She's, she's not in a lead lined room. No. She's in a building that's a, that is actually established to be at least a mile away. Mm. And you it, could easily have known. That it's like okay, bang, super speed. I was in, I was waiting for that exact moment. Yeah. To happen, and it didn't. I'm like, why not? Yeah, but then Superman Superman's senses don't seem to ever work in this film anyway. It's like literally nothing works for Superman at all because he's a chump. <laughs> um, did I miss something? When did he find out that Bruce Wayne was Batman? Because in the fight he says Bruce. Oh, he, he, at the dinner scene, he instantly knows who he is. Mm. Yeah, because because remember because he hears the yeah. the, that, the one point where he's super hearing apparently does work. Yeah. That's, where he that, hears uh, the, that, that brings back to the point that you're making. Then okay, so if it works then. How does it not work? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's. I mean, that's. I mean, that's, I mean it's, it's not as clever as, as they tried it to be. Mm. But it's pretty. It's pretty obvious. I think it's when when he appears and he actually turns and says, "Who is that?" And mm. the guy says, "That's Bruce Wayne." That's when he's like, "Oh, well, actually, we also know that that happily belongs to Batman." Mm. So therefore, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Mm. Have you ever seen well, that? He, he picks up on the on the radio, yeah, and then he hears the radio, and then he hears the conversation. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you did you like did you watch the uh, the Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, comedy bit with that. No. With it. uh, it, just, hopefully, it'll be on the Blu-ray because actually, hilarious. I'm not a big fan of all the, like these late show type rubbish. But this scene is absolute gold. Where it's, like, it's that scene in the dinner scene, and Jimmy Kimmel's in the background. He sort of turns around, he comes up, and he's like, "Oh, Bruce Wayne, awesome!" And he's like, "Oh, Clark Kent, awesome!" Big fan of both work. And then he's like, "Hey, wait a minute, you're Superman." <laughs> Takes the like, glasses off. <laughs> Take the glasses off. Put his hands up. And even, and even Batman's like. Oh, how do I don't know this. And then he's like, like Bruce Wayne, and Superman's like, it's like, get away, get away. And then Batman's like, he's like, wait a minute. And like he goes to take the selfie, and then he like he turns the phone to sort of cover just the eye bits, and he's like, you're Batman <laughs> because of the chin. Nice. <laughs> 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 Superman's like, go away, or I throw him to the sun. <laughs> Although that's another thing that I think that I actually really liked is right from the very beginning, Superman throws Doomsday into space. Yeah. It's like, right with the he's good. like, all right, I've actually obviously learnt something finally. I'm oh. going to take him into space. But then, yeah. they nuke him. What the hell is going on there? That just, that, the, well, that's, that's your Dark Knight Returns again. Yeah. Oh, we've got to do the nuke scene. And it's, it's really unfortunate then that the sun replenishing Superman scene, which is so awesome in Dark Knight Returns, it's so badly done here. It's so it's badly like, done. Who cares? Just yeah. get on with it. Where he's it. talking to Mother Earth and yeah. stuff. Yes. Um, the other thing about the, the writing not being very clear, it wasn't until afterwards that David pointed out that was Doomsday because yeah. the way that uh, Lex says this is your doomsday coming doesn't really indicate that that's the name of this Zod creature. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, you're just meant to know because yeah. Yeah. you read comics. In my head, yeah. I was calling him the Zod creature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that, Zod creature. I didn't, I didn't like, like a, more like the Hulk, actually. To end us on positive, well, like I said, it was, it was about 20 mm. minutes of, of cool stuff. I, actually, oh. I really liked the Saving Martha scene. I really liked um, the uh, the doomsday fire, actually. That was really good. The, the effect that where he's basically gathering energy and then Expelling it, I thought it looked magnificent. Um, except maybe the Calipel. I don't do. I do agree with that. Um, I thought Wonder Woman was awesome. I do actually. I do respect the fact that 
the two best characters of the film were Wonder Woman and Lois Lane. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, he's actually gotten some female characters right. <laughs> you know, it worked out. I quite liked Alfred. Yeah. I liked how he was like the handyman mm. version mm. of Alfred. I quite liked that. That was pretty cool. Um, and uh, unfortunately, they still gave him some <laughs> god awful uh, moralizing lines here and there. Well, that's Alfred. <laughs> that's, that's it's, it's, it's a credit to Jeremy Irons as an actor that he was able to deliver those without just bursting out yeah. laughing. And I also quite enjoyed uh, the the myriad of, of uh, Easter eggs. The bit where where Batman dodges Doomsday's blast and does the the Dark Knight Returns mm. pose with the lightning and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, but it's just there's just it was just too much rubbish. Mm. To make to tour this a cool, this a bit. This is a bad film. It seems like badly made, badly made. Yep. <laughs> and just, and badly really just made, not... badly written, <laughs> badly everything. Yeah. There, there, I must admit, there are a couple of things that I, I did like. Wonder Woman smirk. Yeah. Fantastic. I loved, I loved Lois because it's always good seeing Lois Lane doing stuff because she's, she is a great character. Yeah, she's cool. Um, and Amy Adams was awesome. Um, I really liked the soundtrack, and that's saying something because most really? of the time Hans Zimmer soundtracks bore me to tears. It's a shame that there wasn't a good movie to go with that music, but um, <laughs> wasted. I did like the I did like the shot uh, where Superman actually rescues Lois after she's been thrown off the building. Yeah, that was cool. And it's just like she's she's falling, 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 and then he's just there underneath her. I was like, okay, that was actually a good shot. Yeah. Like, that's possibly the first good shot you've ever done. It's the only romantic shot in the film. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> it's a more romantic than the bath scene. Yeah, the bath scene. Their, their attempts to create some kind of chemistry between Lois and Clark in both this and Man of Steel, just embarrassing. <laughs> it is embarrassing. And it's a shame because they have good actors. Anybody else? No. no. You found um, 20 minutes to like? Wow. Well, I, I, I guesstimated 20 minutes. <laughs> I am, I'm calling it now. Um, I am just not going to see the next Superman film or Justice League. I just, I, if, any, if Zack Snyder is involved... And David Goyer is involved. I just don't care. Okay. Um, the, when it was first announced that Ben Affleck would play Batman, I nearly said Superman, um, there was huge internet outcry. But um, and I really didn't care either way, to be honest. Yeah. But I think he did a, a really good job. I actually liked him much better than Christian Bale. Um, I think Ben Affleck was a really good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I think he did, he did the Bruce Wayne stuff. Really well. Um, I would have liked, and this gets to a back to a script thing actually more than this is not an anti Ben Affleck thing. Just when he is Batman, I would have liked to have seen some Batman, some Batman. But <laughs> yes. that's that's yes. not his fault. That's a script thing. I, I think the bat suit was overly bulky for yep. no real reason. It kind of looked like it was padded rather than armored. Mm. Uh, um, as in the regular suit, not the actual suit he confronts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the regular suit. Yeah, the regular suit. The regular suit was, that he it was wears. Very bulky. And 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 that that dream slash um, precog sequence. Why is he wearing a like a dryer bone? That's a bit weird. It just <laughs> yeah. looks stupid. Yeah. Um. I, I. I. Again, I like Henry Cavill as Superman. Yeah. Um. And well, just because he's he's got the <laughs> nah, he does, he looks Superman look about him. Like he does look he, good. He, Yeah. He carries himself well in that suit. Yeah. Um. I didn't form enough an impression of Gal Gadot to know whether I really liked her or not. She wasn't in it enough. I do like that she saved Batman's butt, though. Yeah. That was cool. My, my biggest problem, I think, with the film was Jesse Eisenberg cast as Lex Luthor. Mm. And uh, just like the pacing 
pretty much. Uh, other than that, I didn't think it was all that bad. I, did, I really didn't think it deserved the slam down that we gave it. I mean, it's just a movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we do. But it was so painful to sit <laughs> It was painful. I've, I've, I've cool. sat through worse. I really... I mean, sucker Punch. Mm. <laughs> sucker Punch is worse. Sat, we've, we've sat through worse from the same director, but I still don't think that that film, that this film, therefore, mm-hmm. deserves any kind of leeway whatsoever. <laughs> I did enjoy that more than the, the last Batman film. That's very cool. Yeah. Interesting. I think the weird thing about having Superman in a Batman film is generally in a Superman film, and I'm going back to Christopher Reeve because that's one I always like. I think superhero films are becoming too dark, gritty, and realistic, whereas mm. I think with a superhero film, you've got to have that sort of slight detachment that this is mm. not the reality real world. This is the superhero yeah. world, and it's like a, the it's Christopher a Reeve films. And um, the, the, I think the good thing about the Christopher Reeve films and Smallville as well, um, for contrast, the, the colouring is always, there's always a red, yellow and blue sort of colouring mm. and you sort of know this is yeah. the Superman world. Mm. This just it didn't have, yeah. it, it, was, it, was a, it was a Batman world. Mm. Yeah, and, absolutely And it was too, right. too dark and too... They're trying to cram. You can't. You can't say this is a realistic world where with superheroes in it because you just superheroes in an, in our world would be ridiculous. Mm. And that yeah. gets back to my problem with the depiction of Superman. But that's that's exactly it. Mm. You know, it's not. You know, you you need the you need the the Superman smiling at the audience at the end as he's flying over Earth. Yeah. You know, to sort of signify that you know he this is a guy that you really want saving your life. Mm. That you know he is actually a nice guy at heart, and you don't get that with this Superman. You don't get the nice, you don't get the nice guy. Mm. You get he's being forced into the role. Yeah, it's like what he should want to. He should want I to think, do it. I think Crystal's yeah. Crystal's point is right. They're trying to cram Superman into a Batman world. Yeah, um, mm. there's nothing realistic about this world. It's ridiculously stylized. There's no light. In this world, like no, no one lights anything in this world properly, <laughs> and all the, the colouring is washed out. Even the dinner scene is all washed mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's super bright. Yeah, I will say one thing though. I'm really looking forward to the how it should have ended. Um, <laughs> yes. That's my other big problem with this. Right. No scene of Batman and Superman sitting around having a cup of joe with some crawlers. Having a cup of crawlers. Just one point, because um, I actually found the trailers that we saw when, when we went to see it more interesting than the film itself. Yep. Okay, so ratings? One look. I'm surprised you even gave it that. Mm. Yeah, it's, it is a surprise. Okay, then I attracted half a look. Half a look. Yeah, I'm going to go one look. I only give zero looks for films that I find nothing good in, and this had at least a couple of things. Okay. I'm going to give it a two and a half. Just, you know, it, it wasn't awful, but it wasn't, it wasn't really good either. Okay, I'll give it one and a half out of five. Mm. So one and a half looks out of five. So that's uh, that's our group review of uh, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Don't go see it. Um, <laughs> don't, don't waste your time. This is this is definitely a rental. Just just, just wait till Civil War comes along. <laughs> Move on to our top five directors. I really like the uh, the round table way that we did it, and uh, we're just going to keep doing that. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll start with Kristen. We'll just do around this way. I'm going five to one or one to five. Uh, do or just do your five, and we'll do our fives, and then we'll do our fours. We'll do our threes. Okay, now I, I kind of expect a bit of backlash on this one, but I had to include it because without this man, we would never have Star Wars. Oh, Zack Snyder? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, George Lucas is my number five. Right. Now, I, I, as much as I despise the meddling he did in his later years, I do uh, uh, have to pop him in there for him, you know, bringing to the screen one of my all-time favourite films. Mm. Yeah. Okay, uh, the reason I don't have him is because he's a bad director. 
Yes, but I'm not. Oh, yeah. But he still, I mean, he gave yeah, a Star Wars. He gave a Star Wars. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, he... <laughs> no, but once, once upon a time, he would have been my number one. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm. not going to find any backlash from me. Yeah. No backlash. Richard? Uh, my number five is Fritz Lang. Cool. First of all, because, I mean, he did astonishing, groundbreaking work um, throughout the 1920s in Germany, including Metropolis, uh, M. Um, his version of uh, uh, the Ring of the Nibeling, Doctor Mabuse, all just just magnificent films. Like mm. like I said, groundbreaking work. Then of course he has to flee uh, Germany due to Nazism mm. because they wanted him to make propaganda films. He comes to America and then goes on to make some absolute classic, especially noir films um, like The Woman in the Window, Scarlet Street, um, The Big Heat. Yeah, just just a brilliant, absolutely brilliant director. But I mean, Metropolis alone, just for the sheer scope of that film, the to vision be made at that time, yeah. astonishing stuff. My number five is Robert Wise. Um, if nothing else, then the uh, prolific nature of his um, his work. He did a number of different genres, mm-hmm. and even though I'm not a fan of some of those films, I can't fault his filmmaking on those. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a fan of the sound of music. Or West Side Story, but mm. I can't fault his filmmaking and his yeah. directing on those films. They are still very well-made films. Mm. Um, and, you know, he, of course, directed science fiction classics like The Andromeda Strain and um, The Day the Earth Stood Still, yeah. but, you know, went from noir to musicals to westerns to um, science fiction. Um, he's my number five. Cool. Uh, my number five is Steven Spielberg. Uh, this is the one that I actually flipped a coin on. Um, I, just, I just think that any list that doesn't have Steven Spielberg in there is is a faulty list mainly because of the amount of films that came out during my childhood growing up <laughs> that he had a hand in. Um, the reason I flipped a coin is because he's sort of his tendency towards the, the smaltzy ending is, mm-hmm. uh, has gotten a bit out of control, I think. And, mm-hmm. and is actually very irritating now. Uh, but still, I mean, you know, raise the lost ark. <laughs> Close oh. encounters with their guide. I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 there's too many, too many classics. Jaws, in order to not have him. And what, what I like about Spielberg, you watch his films now, because he, he's worked with the same people mm. for so long now. You watch the films that he makes, and from a, just a purely directorial perspective, they are flawless. Mm. You can, there is not a single fault you can see in his directing when you watch his films these yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. Crystal, number four. Number four. Um, my number four is Alfred Hitchcock, just because I think he should be included on any top five list of directors. Yep. Uh, I've only seen a handful of Hitchcock films, but what I have seen, I've enjoyed. I, there's some of them I probably won't see because they're a bit too thrilling. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Alfred, you can't. You know, Alfred Hitchcock is just—he's a household name for that very reason. My number four uh, is Billy Wilder. Nice. For, for much the same sort of reasons, actually, that you were just talking about. Why is like. Billy Wilder could just direct anything, whether yeah. it's you know double indemnity, your textbook noir film, to Sun Like It Hot, which I consider the best comedy ever made, um, to things like you know Lost Weekend, Sunset Boulevard, Ace in the Hole. Like Billy Wilder, just brilliant. Mm. Could just direct anything. <laughs> cool. I'm also going to go with Hitchcock, although yes, I'm a huge fan of Billy Wilder as well. Um, as much as I love Psycho and um, North by Northwest. The reason the film that he's on, the film that I'm tub thumping here is Rope. Mm. Yeah, ten shots, all cut together to look like one take, mm. and yet it is, st- and it is, yet it is still a cinematic, um, suspenseful film. 
Hmm. Um, hmm. Saw it for the first time a couple of years ago and was like, wow, this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the, the, the way it just makes you feel like you're absolutely complicit in what's going on. Hmm. Like you're the one doing the killing as yeah. well with the, um, with the two guys. So, yeah, Hitchcock is my number four as well. Well, mine's going to be brief because my number four is Billy Wilder. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> For all the reasons that Richard just said, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal's number three. My number three is uh, Frank, Frank Capra. Awesome. Oh, cool. Absolutely uh, awesome. Specifically for It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. 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 It's, it's one of my all-time favourite Christmas movies. Mm. One of my all-time favourite movies. One of, he, one of my all-time favourite actors. <laughs> he he was ticks actually, all the boxes. Can't go wrong. <laughs> he, he was close to making my list as well. For, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life, but also Mr. Smith Goes to Washington yeah. and Mr. Deeds and Lost, Lost Horizon. He's just awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. My number three is Akira Kurosawa. If anything, for the amount of films he's been had, had ripped off, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, he is—he is just an epic director. Yeah. His films are just—you just get so enthralled in, in the stories and the epic nature of the storytelling, and and you, you know it, the fact that that there is an actual thing called the Rashomon technique mm. of filmmaking. <laughs> I think Pretty speaks impressive. volumes mm. to just how brilliant he is. But yeah, from Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, Rashomon. Kurosawa just brilliant. Um, I'm going to go with Ridley Scott. Cool. Um, because he is one of those filmmake- modern filmmakers that I do actually go and see every film he makes when it comes out. Um, and yes, the quality of his work uh, differs greatly at times. <laughs> um, he has those good periods and he also has those really weak periods. Mm. Um, thankfully with The Martian, he's sort of getting slowly back on track again. Um, but, you know, the power of Blade Runner, um, Alien... Even Gladiator, which I'm not a huge fan of, you can't fault his filmmaking in that. So I would uh, say the quality of his work doesn't so much vary as the quality of the scripts he's been given. True, but sometimes he sometimes um, his vision isn't always um, isn't always strong. He's got a mid '90s period there where um, the GI Jane period. So I don't mind GI Jane, um, but some of the films before that, like White Squall and oh, and he did um, uh, Hannibal, didn't he? Mm. That was not yeah. Bad. But Rudy Scott's my number three. Cool. I'm going to stop going last. Uh, my number three is Stanley Kubrick. And uh, very much for the same sort of reason that uh, how Luke just described Ridley Scott. Um, yeah, I mean, no one can, can fault his genius. Mm. Quite similar. But, but sometimes mm. it doesn't quite hit the mark. Mm. But it, what I love about Stanley is that even when he doesn't hit the mark, it's still better than you know most of the output. That, yep. you know, a lot. Well, I wouldn't say most. A lot of the output that we get today. Mm. Um, you know, Zach Snyder, I'm talking to you. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, Chris, are you number two? My number two is Peter Jackson. Cool. cool. Because um, when, before the Lord of the Rings films came out, um, you know, I had read the books a number of times, so I had a very clear vision of my head of what it should look like on the screen, and, and Peter Jackson just matched it perfectly. Mm. Um, at, Yes, the Lord of the Rings films were long, but so were the books. Mm. There's a lot of stuff he actually cut out. So, mm. yeah, I think he did uh, for the Lord of the Rings films alone, but I, I enjoyed The Hobbit as well. It was three film, two films too long. The second one was great. Just, <laughs> just for bringing such a fantastical world to the screen. And he himself yeah. has actually acknowledged he didn't do a very good job on The Hobbit. I did a good job in The Hobbit. I just think it, it just, just tried to make an mm. epic out of a story that's not an epic. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
my number two is Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, I agree, he has to be included, I think, on, on any of these kind of lists. But um, uh, what I love about Hitchcock, first of all, a great storyteller. Um, com- always innovative, as we were saying, with films like Rope. Um, no wasted shots in his film. And you look at every single shot in Psycho, especially there is every shot in Psycho has greater meaning than just what's actually being shown on the screen, like um, a slow mo shell casing. But also, uh, also for scenes like North by Northwest's crop duster scene, yeah. and not just the crop dusting the plane itself, but the ten or fifteen minute build up to that, where you just more and more you're getting on the edge of your seat because you know something bad's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think Hitchcock always has to be included. Um, so many great films. I love Cary Grant in that film. He just looks so bewildered. The yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm going to go, I am going to go with Kurosawa as well for much of the reasons that um, Richo has pointed out. Mm. Um, but also the way in which, you know, he's one of the few directors who actually makes epics entertaining. Mm. Um you know, there's not a lot of chafe in the in things like the Seven Samurai or, or your Jimbo. There's always there are always things happening, but the characters are also um, fleshed out and developed and complex as well. Um, so yeah, Kurosawa is my number two. Cool, my number two is Ridley Scott. I <laughs> <laughs> um, just the man who brought us Blade Runner and Alien. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, like like okay. uh, Luke said, yeah, he's had some. I mean, White Squall is awful, but, you know, and so is Hannibal. And it, but it's still, like Crystal said, it's partly because the story itself is also terrible, mm. but yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it just it can't be denied. He's one of my favourite directors of all time. And, and just, and, uh, just when you think he's gone off the rails completely, some, he'll do something like The Martian, where you'll be like, okay, now he's back on track. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his films, I mean, his films, I mean, White Squall is awful, but at least it still looks beautiful. All his films always look beautiful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I mean, but don't, amazing. but don't look over, Don't look stylized for the sake of style. It, yeah, we're not talking Zack Snyder style over no, stylization. It, it does. does seem to be. He does try to put yeah. a bit of substance, or at least artistic um, credibility. What, 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 yeah. what I think one of his most interesting films is Kingdom of Heaven, mm. which was is a, is a flawed masterpiece. Mm. Like some of it is just is just stunning, mm. and then. Some of it is like, did you get the second unit director in for this side? Yep. Like, what is going on in this film? It's, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting, interesting film. Uh, so, Crystal's number one. Number one uh, it has to be Steven Spielberg because um, uh, all the big blockbuster films that I can remember being captivated by in my childhood were made by Steven Spielberg. Mm. So I, I just, there's, there's no argument it couldn't be anybody else. <laughs> Fair enough. He's, he's another one who I feel, sometimes you feel like he's going a bit off the rails with his films. And then he'll just produce something to remind you that, yeah, this is the guy that directed masterpieces like Jaws. This is why I am the master. So yeah. I, I never really liked Jaws because I'm not into horror films. But, you know, mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and E.T. And he's Steven Spielberg. He's Steven Spielberg. He brought magic to the screen. <laughs> magic to the screen. Magic. Nice. Magics. Magics. I like it. <laughs> Okay, uh, my number one is Stanley Kubrick. Partially because he's never directed a film that I hated. Hmm. Like, all of his films that I've seen, I've always gotten something from them. And then, you know, in amongst that, there are things like 2001 and A Clockwork, like The you know, the Shining, the mm. absolute brilliant movies of his. But 
I love um, it. Stanley Kubrick, I didn't hate him. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to find That's a director. He's it's, terrific. It's, it's hard to find a director who has made all, you know, has consistently made his, yeah, consistently yeah. movies that you, you actually, you like. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to jump in there. Yeah, that one I was talking about how I flipped the coin for number five. The flip was because of Orson Welles. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Orson Welles was a difficult one. Yeah, having made, uh, you know, Citizen Kane, it was kind of hard to leave But then he just there. made a whole bunch of incomplete stuff. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's But I mean, you know, my, my default favourite movie when people ask, even though that's an impossible question to answer, is usually 2001. Hmm. Um, but, you know, from, from his earliest films like The Killing and Killer's Kiss, pretty much right through. I even liked Eyes Wide Shut. Hmm. Um, you know, um, and once again, like, like, like Hitchcock, everything he's doing in his movies is done for a reason. Every shot is meticulously chosen, and apparently it was a nightmare to work with because of that. Yeah. But um, just a master filmmaker for me, Kubrick. Um, my number one is Sergio Leone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, the Dollars Trilogy is excellent. I, and, you know, I don't mind how the West, um, Once Upon a Time in the West... And even Once Upon a Time in America, as mm. bloated and as flawed as it is, is still kind of watchable. Mm. Um, but just the sheer world building, you mm. know, even for something familiar, everything feels like it's it's this ingrained um, little world. And yes, he, he um, his first his first major success was a rip off of the rip off of a film from my number two director. Um, <laughs> but both. Both the films that I can appreciate in their own right, and I can separate them because of the writing, the acting, and the filmmaking. Mm. The filmmaking in both is very different, um, and they both bring their own flavors to the sto- to that particular story. Um, so yeah, Sergio is my number one. Cool. We'll finish up with my number one, which is Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, I just I don't think I I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen every single film he's made, and I can't think of one that would be considered bad. It's a lesser word. <laughs> it is a lesser word. That's, that's what I'll go with. That. As, as, as he's, I don't think he's ever, produced, he's ever made a bad film, but he's definitely made lesser films. Mm. That is true. Um, but, but when he's good, oh, my God. Mm. So, yes, Alfred Hitchcock, the master. He was referred to as the master, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. So that's, uh, let's finish up episode 188 with our coming soon... In cinema's March 31st, we get Labyrinth of Lies, which is about a young lawyer trying to bring some Nazi criminals to justice in Germany, mm. I believe. It's yes. actually in Germany. Yes, yeah, foreign films. Yep. Um, and yeah, there's both foreign films. And the other one is a is Sherpa, which uh, chronicles yeah. the events of, uh, I think it was in 2013, maybe? 2010, yeah. maybe? Something like that, where a bunch of Sherpas and Everest climbers got into a bit of a kerfuffle. Mm. Avalanche. Well, the yeah, well, they had an <laughs> argument, and you know things happened. There's also another one called, um, which might be of interest to geeks, called Anna and the Extraordinary World. Um, I was actually at the Nova yesterday, and it had a poster for it saying March 31st. Um, oh, it wasn't on the website that I go to. It's a, um, a French animated um, film about a girl and her experiences in a sort of a parallel. France, where sort of a steampunk age France, which hasn't quite gotten out of the steampunk age and won't awesome. move on. Um, it's based mm-hmm. on that sounds work, better than those two. Yeah, it's based <laughs> on um, the work of Jacques Tati, who was uh, Tati, sorry, who yeah. was um, uh, a French comic book, French yeah. graphic novelist who was famous for creating the um, Adèle Blanc-Zac, Yeah, which Luc Besson turned into a film, but this, that's not this. The film, but which was terrible. Yeah, the film um, Anna in the Extraordinary World looks 
quite charming, and the world building looks immense. Yeah, um, I'm looking. For, that's the one I'm looking forward to. Although Labyrinth yeah. of Lies could be interesting too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that right. set in the past, or is it like they're bringing old you know, geriatric Nazis to to? to no, no I think it's. No, I think it's set at the time. Yeah, it's, it's set, set about. Time. It's set either immediately after or about 15 years after. I think like it's fairly point. recently after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not like the so they're not old like the Nazi hunters type yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, that's it for episode 188. It was epic. Uh, it was a lot more epic than the film that we reviewed. <laughs> Tried very hard to be, but it just failed in its execution. Hope you enjoyed it. That's it from me and the crew. Richard. I thought she was with you. Ha ha ha, isn't that funny? Luke. Because, um... And Crystal. The red keeps it coming. The red keeps it coming. <laughs> Bye. 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 You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.